so I think that I always said the, that running is the place where I lose and find myself, sort of like this lost and found. This Runs Radio, episode 650, starts in three, two. Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey guys, uh, real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show, kind of a timely announcement-ish. Uh, as this episode goes live towards the the middle end of November 2018, just want to remind you slash let you know that I will be at the Big Beach Marathon in the end of January. So just a couple of months from now uh, in Gulf Shores, Alabama, if you're you know kind of in that, that range where you can jump into a race, half marathon, full marathon, whatever the case might be with only a couple of months notice, and you would like to join me there, I would love to see you there. So uh, check out the, the website for more information, bigbeachmarathon.com. And uh, if you decide to, to show up, uh, get yourself registered. Let me know, and, and we'll definitely put something together. We'll, we'll have a little a little hangout, meet and greet, uh, you know, shakeout run. I'll buy you a drink, whatever it is, whatever whatever it uh, is deemed appropriate. We will set it up. So let me know, bigbeachmarathon.com. Uh, check it out. End of January, Gulf Shores, Alabama. Uh, it's probably not going to be uh, toasty. Uh, beach weather, but it should be great running weather, and uh, I hope you, you'll consider joining me there. But anyway, uh, now let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey guys, my uh, guest today is a woman that recently made a pretty dramatic shift in her life, and uh, running has definitely been at the center of it all. As a runner, she's been active in the sport for many years, and most of that time she really ran simply because she just enjoyed it. But more recently, she's kind of started getting into the uh, the racing scene a little bit as well. In addition to her running, she's uh, also all in on helping others reach their health and fitness goals, and that means that uh, she wears a few different hats, one being a running coach, another being a Pilates instructor. She's also a holistic nutritionist, and uh, as you can probably tell by putting those types of things together, she, she pretty much firmly believes, like I do, that there is no such thing as one-size-fits-all as it relates to running or just good health in general general. So uh, I'm definitely looking forward to a, a great chat today and, and uh, having a, a good little time here uh, with Miss Nicole Wade. So thanks for joining us today, Nicole. Really appreciate it. appreciate it. Easy for me to say. <laughs> thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, certainly looking forward to it. And guys, if uh, you enjoyed today's conversation, you want to connect a little bit more with Nicole, find out what, what she's got going on, social media, website, all that good stuff. Uh, the website is heartandsoulrunning.com. That's soul like your foot. So heart a-N-D-S-O-L-E, running.com. And uh, on the Instagram, same handle-ish, at heart and soul running. So it's heart, the letter N, S-O-L-E, running. Uh, saving a couple of characters, probably Instagram shut you down for trying to go all, all in on heart and soul. But uh, if you can remember heart and soul running and heart, the letter N, soul running on Instagram, those are the best places to find Nicole. And if you can't remember that stuff or you're kind of lost down the, down the road trying to remember it, uh, all you got to do is head back to the show notes and we'll have everything linked up as we always do. Contact information, photos, all that good stuff. Uh, and today, the link to get to the show notes, disruns.com slash 650. So, Nicole, the way we always start off uh, each episode of the show uh, is with a, a very 
simple question as far as it is it relates to ask it's, it's literally like uh, six words long so i can i can handle that usually pretty well uh but sometimes the the question is pretty easy to answer as well and, and other times it's a little bit more uh complicated and and uh you know a little bit uh harder to completely untangle uh but it's just to simply ask what is your favorite distance to race and why i'm gonna say the marathon with with a little asterisk <laughs> <laughs> um I love the marathon because I think it's just long enough to be crazy and um, it gives me like a really good endorphin rush and training. So I'm a very process oriented person. So I could probably just do the training and actually never race. I know that sounds terrible, but I just love to train. I really love it. And most recently I've been very interested in short distance speed work. So with an eye towards the 5k. So that's the asterisk. Gotcha. Well, that's, that's, uh, I mean, I suppose you could go a little bit farther diametrically opposed than, than just the 5k and the marathon. If you start getting to ultra stuff versus the track, but, but goodness gracious, in the terms of, uh, what most of us probably end up running or at least road races, things like that, you can't get a whole lot farther apart than, uh, than the 5k and, and the marathon. Um, and everybody that listens to the show knows that I'm not, not the biggest 5k fan. Uh, I, I do them once in a while. I, I, uh, you know, suffer, suffer through that, uh, 3.1 miles every, every so often when I get, uh, talked into it somewhat against my will. But, uh, but yeah, that's, that's, uh, interesting that that's the asterisk that, that it's those, those two ends of the spectrum is what I guess what I'm trying to say. Yeah, totally. So how'd you, how'd you get into the sport? Like you said in the intro, you've been, you've been, running for a while. I believe the, the website says, uh, you know, 20, 20 years plus or minus something like that. So, you know, you're not, uh, not brand new to the sport Has running always been, uh, you know, part of the life growing up. Did you run track and stuff like that in, in high school or, or how'd you find your way into the sport? Yeah. Thanks for asking. So I didn't start running until I was almost 20 and, um, I came to it sort of when I was going through eating disorder recovery, um, which is a, a funny thing to start doing while you're going through recovery. Um, but I started because it was so nice to get away from the gym, right? I had this attachment to being in a gym environment. And I lived on the ocean at the time. Um, and I would run from one end of the beach to the other. And that was just one mile. And my only goal was just to get that entire length of the beach. And then I would walk back. <laughs> to my house. So it was two miles total, one running, one walking. And this was my two mile loop for so many years, but I really loved the kind of the healing aspect of it. So I'd get outside and be on the water and it smelled really good and there was no mirrors. And, um, yeah, it just, the, the healing methodology, um, of it all really worked for me. And so I didn't get serious about it mm, for a very, very long time. I just kind of did my thing, just my little run, and and that was pretty much it. Gotcha. So, um, what what then spurred you to get serious? Like you said, it, it took you a while to to really kind of get into it. Um, what was the, what was the motivation to kind of take it to that next level of becoming a bit more? I don't I don't know whatever whatever serious meant for you. What what was the uh, yeah. the the trigger that got you to that point? So I'll tell you what. So by the time uh, let's see, two thousand six rolled around. Um, so I live in Boston. I want to preface with that. And when you say you're going to run a marathon, everybody just assumes you're running Boston <laughs> because <laughs> actually until I was quite a bit older, I didn't realize there were more marathons than Boston. I really didn't because it's the marathon, um, right? So, um, the idea that you might have another one in, in another place seemed crazy. There's one right here. Um, so, <laughs> so in February of 2006, I got an email uh, a group email from an organization that had a 
bib for a Boston charity. And they said, now you, by the way, you, you never see that these days, Mm -hmm. but it was February and they had one left over. You had to raise, I think it was $500 and they needed somebody to take this bib. And now I had worked my way up to a whole five miles. It's February. (laughs) Okay. It's late February. And you know, Boston's April. Mm -hmm. And of course I said, yes, I'll take it. Like, I think I'm a really impulsive person in some ways, but all my best ideas have been impulsive anyway. So I thought, well, this seems like a sound plan. Um, I'll just take it. And everyone around me said, you're crazy. You're never going to make it. And yeah, I totally didn't make it. I <laughs> I dropped out at mile 17.6. Um, I had them scan me out and I thought, nope, not for me. Um, but I sort of felt like I had some unfinished business with the marathon in general. So I said, okay, well, 2008 rolled around. It was too, well, late 2007, and there was another organization looking for runners. And I said, okay, this is it. Because I thought to myself, the only way I'm getting into Boston is charity. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't think I'll ever get in another way. Uh, and I finished it in 450. And I thought that's probably about the best we're going to get. You know, finished a marathon, got the medal, that's about it. Um but I wasn't really done with it yet. So I kept thinking, hmm. So in late 2015, I finally got the courage to say out loud for the first time, I want to qualify for Boston. So I worked on it for a solid 12 months. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, and, uh, (laughs) and you've qualified since then? Yes. Congratulations. That's uh, certainly quite the achievement. Something that uh, I know a lot of folks that are listening are, are still working towards. I know I'm still working towards. I'm, I'm on that, uh, you know, get get uh, 30 minutes faster and, and 15 years older plan. And uh, somewhere <laughs> somewhere in there, the things, will, things will kind of fit in the, you know, meet in the middle, I guess. Yeah. So sure. when you ran that first Boston Marathon, um, it's I, I feel like we might have been fairly uh, similar in terms of unpreparedness for, for the first marathon. Now I I don't have the good excuse of, of, you know, I, I got talked into running a marathon, you know, whatever it was, six weeks, seven weeks, five weeks, whatever the exact dates worked out to be between, you know, when I decided I was going to do it and the actual date of the marathon, I had plenty of time and just didn't know what I was doing and, and, uh, you know, showed up completely unprepared, managed to, to finish it though. Uh, but, uh, but probably shouldn't have. Um, but, but what was, what was it about, um, that first attempt that, well, I guess maybe not so much what was it about it, but, but after that, you know, after that, that, uh, that, uh, that try, mm-hmm. was there ever any like, all right, I'm done with running. Um, or, or was it, was it fairly, um, did you still enjoy it enough that like, yes, I'm just going to keep doing this. This was just, you know, it is what it is, whatever. Maybe the marathon's not for me, but I still love running because for me, like I said, I was unprepared struggled, finished and said never, ever again. Um, which obviously, you know, you never say never, but, um, you know, it took me a while to get back to running because of how ill-prepared I was for the marathon. Did you have a similar situation on that front? Yeah, that's a great question. And kudos to you for knocking it out on the first shot. (laughs) Um, I, I, that resonates with me strongly because I too was very unprepared as you can imagine. Uh, I didn't even know you were supposed to bring fuel with you, but that's okay. (laughs) By my second try, I actually thought maybe you could pin all the goo to your shirt and that would be a way. (laughs) Yeah, that was fun. So, um, when I say I've done everything crazy and backwards, it's pretty much true. Um, let's see, I'm a pretty hard headed person, I think. Um, I, I spent the first few months after that, um, DNF 
licking my wounds, thinking, oh gosh, I'm so embarrassed. And, you know, there was no Facebook back then. So it mm-hmm. wasn't like it was everywhere, but people would ask me in person, like, how did it go? And, oh no. <laughs> um, you know, and saying the honest answer was always a problem, but I did raise all the money. I did all the things. Um, I guess I thought, uh, if I say I'm going to do something, I want to do it. And my father used to call me Gabadasta, which means like head like a brick. Um, <laughs> and so I think that's probably the most illustrative thing I can say personality wise. Um, I thought, well, okay, so I took a few months off. I got my Pilates certification. I kind of did think like, well, maybe I'll do something else for a while. Maybe um, because I knew, right, this highlighted every uh, inefficiency I had in terms of gait, in terms of endurance. I knew that like all the back problems I was having was because my core was so weak. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, let me go get stronger. And then I was ready to start thinking about it again. So by early 2007, I started running some half marathons. I thought, okay, you know, marathon's not the only game in town, but clearly I need a better path for this. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, It's, it's definitely, uh, you know, the, the type of thing, it sounds like at least for you that, uh, you know, um, the, the first one was, I mean, obviously it was so unexpected that, that there was no way that you're going to be prepared, but, uh, certainly learned a few lessons along the way and, and came back, uh, you know, with a, with a better plan, a a little bit better build up with, with doing some shorter races going, going back to that first, first time at Boston, was that your first um, time doing a, a, you know, I mean, obviously it was your first marathon attempt, but was it, had you done a bunch of half marathons before that? Or was it, was it really just from, from nothing to marathon attempt? Zero to 60. I had never gone to a race of any distance. I never ran track in high school or college. Um, my first time putting on a bib was for Boston 2006. Wow. Wow. That's, that's, I mean, it's, it's one of those things that I think that it's easy to say like, wow, it's hard, it's hard to believe, but plenty of people do that kind of thing where it's, it's, you know, for whatever, whatever the race might be, whether it's, especially if it's a charity type of thing where, where you have an opportunity, no matter what the race might be, you know, you, you sign up, you don't necessarily know what you're getting into, but Hey, let's, let's give it a shot and see what happens. Um, sticking, sticking, I promise we'll, we'll get off of this first marathon, first, first Boston at some point, but, uh, with what, you know, kind of like you said, leading into that, that these days you don't just find an organization with, Hey, I've got a, I've got a bib. Does anybody want it type of a situation? Uh, because things have changed obviously quite a bit with, with Boston marathon and the popularity of it and the, the running booms and things like that. But, but back in that, that first time running, running Boston, it can, can you c- kind of compare and contrast to what it's a, a bit more, what it's like then versus or what it was like then versus a bit more what it's like now is just as far as i mean obviously it, it was still a big deal it was still like you said the only race in town the only marathon why would there be anything else but uh i have to imagine that now it's it's you know that times times 10 or times 20 uh compared to what it was like then so can we compare and contrast a little bit yeah we certainly can i think though that we have to understand that my filter the lens i was using to look at it through the first time mm-hmm. And my most recent time in 2018, which was really wet. Um, uh, so it it looked a lot different for me both times. One because the first time I, it almost feels like a dreamlike state when I think of it. I can't. There's things I can't quite remember, and there's things that are very very vivid for mm-hmm. me. And then with the second time I ran it, I had a lot more clarity because I kind of had some idea what I was getting into. Like at least this time, I knew what the course looked like. I knew. Right. Uh, how many people to expect. I, the first time I went through it, I sort of had no idea how 
overwhelming it was going to feel mm-hmm. or how lonely I would feel, right? Because I didn't have a phone with me. I was kind of just sitting in Alex Village, like wondering what the heck happens next. Um, and so I do think that there is a lot more hype around it now. And I say hype, um, and I mean that in the nicest way possible, maybe more knowledge about it because of social media. It kind of makes the world mm-hmm. feel a little bit smaller. So I remember, you know, growing up, we had a family friend who qualified every year. She ran every year. She was the only person I knew who did this. And I didn't really know any other marathoners, just the one person. And it's kind of funny because now all of my friends, I think, are marathoners. <laughs> <Right>. so, <laughs> so it's kind of like, oh, yes, you're in training season. Of course you are. We all are. Like, so, um, it, but back then it was just like this was this one person who ran. And I didn't really even back then know really anybody. And that could probably speak to the social circle I was running in or what else was happening in my life. So I think that could be a hard thing to answer, but it definitely seems like there's a lot more awareness about it now Mm -hmm. than there was before. Yeah. And, and, you know, like you said, maybe it is, has a lot to do with the social media and the the running community and things like that, where, you know, I think maybe, I think this happens in, in all aspects where we get so, uh, you know, that, that, that proximity of everything. It seems like everybody, everybody's talking about Boston, everybody's talking about Boston, but it's still, it's a small subset of even just the running community. Cause there's a lot of people that don't care about running the Boston marathon, but it's, it's something that, uh, like you said, the hype is probably a lot more now. And again, in the nicest sense of the term. Yes. Agree. So when, when did the, uh, the coaching bug get, uh, be, become something that you wanted to, to pursue? Ooh. So after my failed attempt, <laughs> um, I uh, I started running a bunch of half marathons with an eye towards looking at another full, which would have been Boston. And um, someone I worked with, she wanted to run Chicago. And so I, you know kindly this was 2012 um was like oh yeah i can i can help you prepare for that because it wasn't like i inserted myself let's begin there um it was more like she asked me for some tips and i helped her and then she kind of successfully went through a half marathon on like in the build-up and then asked if i could help her with the plan i was not qualified in any way um but i you know just a person who Mm -hmm. had done it and she hadn't that's it that was it. So, um, I noticed that a lot of people, especially new runners were asking me, well, how did you do that? Like that was a common question. And I was like, Oh, well, I just have a training plan. And I had read, I don't know, everything that you can imagine, right. From Hal Higdon to, um, Fitzinger. So it was, I, I was just kind of well-versed on it, even if I wasn't putting it into practice in a way that I do today. Um, at the time I was as focused as I think I could have been at the time. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I signed up for the RRCA training in um, July of 2013 and that was pretty much it. I definitely did feel like I'm not sure if I'm allowed to do this. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't know if I felt like I'm putting air quotes legitimate enough to coach other people because I could kind of only done it for free for friends for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, but after a while, um, I just learned that I love helping people set goals and reach goals. And, um, and it kind of one thing led to another. And, um, you know, I've been in research for 21 years. I'm a researcher by trade. Um, so, um, so a lot of what I do is an outcomes assessment and research. And we talk about goal setting, a number of different ways. And it's pretty similar to the way you approach it in training. 
So it seemed like there was a lot of crossover happening where it was like, oh, this is easy. We just identify our outcome and then we start measuring it mm. and then we work towards it. And then, yeah, so kind of like that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, like you said there, at, at kind of in the, the early stages, it was it was hard to see yourself as, as more of a quote, a, a legitimate type of coach. W- was there a, a moment that uh, that you found it easier to identify as, as a, again, air quotes, a legitimate coach, or was it something that was kind of a gradual process until all of a sudden it was like, yeah, like I actually do kind of know a little bit about what I'm doing and can help some folks along the way. Definitely more gradual. I wish I could say that there was a pivotal moment that I could identify that said, Oh, yep. This is a moment I knew. Nope. Um, probably still battle with some self doubt now. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just like, I'm a human and I do that. Um, imposter syndrome runs high for me. So I think, yeah. And I mean, and I coach track too. And so, you know, there's a lot of people I'm coaching who are a lot faster than I am, but I think in order to even help those people, you, you know, achieve their goals, um, and just having a solid knowledge base of, of how this all works is important. So I feel much better about it these days. Gotcha. With, with coaching track, is that like high school track or, or a, a master's athletes or what kind of level of track are you working with? Yeah, we have a range of athletes. I coach um, track at Community Running in Boston, and we meet at MIT, so technically Cambridge. Uh, but we do have a master's team. We're a USATF certified team, and our group competes in um, the Grand Prix races in New England. So we have a really great team. I, I love it. Um, I've been with them for two years. Gotcha. What is the, the difference in, in your opinion or in your experience um, – and, and maybe some of the, the similarities as well, but um, between working with people on the track uh, versus working with more distance endurance type of athletes. So I'm the long distance coach. So I coach half and full marathoners Okay, and we, um, we work on the track. So I would say that the biggest difference for me is that I coach people in person in a group setting versus one to one online. Mm-hmm. So most of my clients I guess it's a hard thing to say when I say most, it's a hard thing to say, but I think I have a pretty good split of clients that are in person versus clients that are virtual. And so coaching in a group setting, um, the first time I really coached a big group like that, I walked in and I think there were 50 people standing there and I thought, (laughs) whoa, (laughs) this is a lot of people. It's a lot of moving bodies. It's a lot of everything at once. You know, it's, um, you know, who's coming back from an injury, um, mm-hmm. who's at a different pace. And we don't group people into pace groups, but I think that they kind of naturally find each other. Um, and so I didn't realize like, oh, wait, I have to keep time for everybody. So I think that was probably my biggest learning curve. How do I keep time for all of these people at the same time? Gotcha. Yeah. And, and along those lines, then I, I have to ask, um, how do you, how do you manage to keep things from treading into that one size fits all territory when you've got dozens of, of runners that you're working with simultaneously? So I just have suggested pace ranges for things. And then if we have like newer runners or somebody who's injured, I just modify on the fly. So I send out the workouts the afternoon of the, so I'll send it out at like noon or one o'clock on a Wednesday. And then I coach that Wednesday night. And so there gives me enough time. Usually if somebody's got an issue, they'll let me know if they're working on something that's, you know, they want to do a tempo or something else instead of this. Sure. Absolutely. You can do, I'm pretty flexible with stuff like that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, yeah, it's easy for me to do that kind of thing with one person, but it's, it's, uh, when you start to, to add in 
enough people like it's it gets difficult but i I suppose just like anything else you you find ways to like you said to have have some ranges have some ideas and and when when you need to to switch and and you know mix things up you switch and mix it up and it's not that big of a deal nope not at all good deal good deal so uh like i like i mentioned in the the uh intro uh there's been a, a rather dramatic shift uh recently especially uh you know as it relates to what we've just been talking about the coaching front um you like you said you were a researcher for for many years and uh, mm-hmm. have kind of left that behind to go all in on on the coaching and and uh, and just kind of changing changing the career focus. What was what was the? Uh, I mean, other than maybe the the allure of working for yourself, why why make such a change after so many years of doing uh, the research role and doing some coaching on the side? Why why uh, what what spurred you to go all in? Um, I this is such a good question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I did the side hustle for so many years. So many years. Um, I had been working three jobs up until, uh, let's see, July for the last year and a half, right? So my business, my day job, and then coaching track, right? And I started to feel like a little bit fractured in that I, I love the research work, don't get me wrong, but it doesn't fill me up or light me up the same way that um, working with people does. So I think that's probably the easiest way to say that. Um, I guess I just like to be out and with people and making a difference in a different way, in some way that resonates more strongly with me these days than it did when I was first going into my career. Uh, So really now I teach Pilates a lot. Um, I teach reformer, TRX, bar, all of that. And I coach and I have my business and yeah, I'm still doing some research. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't quite get away. So, um, so I do a little bit of that. So I really help people understand how to turn data into narrative, um, which is what I was doing before. Like, how do we make sense of what the data says? What story does the data say? Gotcha. So I I help them do that in, in my research role. Um, but I think that, yeah, I just, I kind of thought it's now or never. And it seemed like the time was now. Um, and a few opportunities came my way and I thought, well, this seems like a, this is a way to get more into, um, the wellness world, which is what I was looking to do. I had also, um, it was a culmination of a year long process of, um, getting my nutrition certification. So, um, I was just about to graduate anyway. So it seemed like the timing was good. Gotcha. What, what's been the, um, hardest part in the last few months of, of being, self-employed with a few, with, with several different, uh, sticks and, and different fires. Um, the time mm-hmm. I work so many hours. Um, <laughs> I really do. I actually didn't even think it was humanly possible to work this many hours, but apparently it is. Um, I think that working when everyone else is not working is probably hard. Um, so I'm pulling like lots of nights, lots of weekends, mm-hmm. lots of weird times when people are like, Oh, we're with our family or we're just, whatever. And I'm definitely working. And I know that that's what I need to do right now. Um, and also, um, I feel like I want to do a really good job at everything. I want to give 110% to everything. And sometimes I feel like, Oh, I'm not sure if I am, or if I can do more or how well I'm doing. So sometimes like outside feedback is helpful. And as a very intuitive person, it's weird to be soliciting outside feedback. Like, is that okay? Is this right? Um, but I think, you know, for where I am right now, it seems about right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Have you, uh, noticed any, uh, 
impact on your own running um, from during during this change process? Has it been harder to stay with stay with your training? Has it been has that been a stabilizing force? How is how is this all imp- implemented or impacted just your specific training and, and running life? So I am working with a coach, and she's amazing, um, crunchy runner Cassie Keller. She's awesome, um, and she I'm just going to give her a plug, but she um, has really been so helpful during this time in that I don't have to think about my own training. Mm-hmm. So I think that outsourcing when you can so important because you need a team, and I, I definitely need a team. <laughs> <laughs> so I would say that the thing that's helped is that knowing that there's someone on my side where I can be like, oh, this is what I did today. And there's like, there's a check-in process. Because if it's just me, not that I'm going to phone it in, but I might not be um, as motivated to sort of shoot for like um, tougher paces, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's probably the best way to say it. Yeah, because I have a lot of running goals for myself, but I sort of need a little bit of help bridging the gap between here and there. What, what are those goals, if you don't mind me asking? Uh. <laughs> oh, do I mind you asking? Um, if you do, yeah. it's okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I mean, you know, I'd love to see a 315 in the marathon. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so so would I. And I'd also love to be able to fly and transport and do all kinds of things. But uh, one, one thing at a time. But that's that's awesome. That's And that's, and that's you know, I, I, I say that, or, or you know, I... I, I um, I guess I, maybe I recognized from, from when I transitioned out of, you know, quote unquote, regular employment to doing my own thing, how hard that can be on, on the training, which is, which is why it's, it's really exciting to me that you're still having some, some goals, some, some things that you're, you're working towards. Um, because it's easy to just get so, I don't know if off track is the right way of saying it, but just so focused on, on the work and, and building the business and, and doing all these things that, you know, your own goals can fall by the wayside. And that's, that's, that's not healthy. Like, like as much as you need to be working or you want to be working, um, you still got to do some things for yourself as well. So that's, that's awesome that you're still having goals that you're working towards and and still making it happen. Thank you. Yeah. I'm actually really excited about that because it seems like for me, running's always that thing I come back to, you know, like it's a, it's a constant, it's a, uh, something that stabilizes me. It makes me so fulfilled and it doesn't even matter really the distance. Although I love, you know, 10 miles will always make me, you know, happy for the rest of the day, but yeah, it's all of those things in one place. Yeah, definitely. Um, speaking of, of all things in one place, you know, like, like I said, again, in the intro, you mentioned it as well that you do a, you know, running coach. Yes, but there's a lot of other things going on as well with the Pilates and the bar and nutrition stuff now as well. Um, I would love to spend uh, maybe maybe most of the rest of of our chat kind of talking about how those different pieces come together because I think it's something that a lot of people recognize that you know if if I'm going to run well I probably should eat well and I probably should take care of my body and I should probably should you know foam roll and strength train and and do all of these things um, but a lot of us and and I lump myself into this category as well know what we should do but then actually doing it can be uh you know there's only so many hours in the day sometimes and it, and it's easy to to go oh i just need to i just want to run i'll get to the other stuff later and, and later of course never comes um so how do you how do you find uh blending all of those different components together uh with your athletes you know obviously you believe they're important I, at least i'm assuming you believe they're important but uh i don't know if i have a better question to ask other than like how how do you help either with yourself or with the athletes you work with to, to bring these pieces together so that people are doing the, the quote unquote little things beyond just the running to help them make progress towards their goals. Yeah. So that's a great question too. Um, so the, the, the athletes that I work with in Pilates are not necessarily runners. 
And the runners I work with don't necessarily want to do the ancillary work all the time. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that um, some of this is, it's a nice little challenge in that um, you have to do the things that support your goals, right? Mm -hmm. And every body, physical human body is different. And so there might be things that I need that maybe you don't need. But I think that um, in general, right, a stronger core um, or eating foods that resonate with you um, are going to be what's important in terms of of overall health and wellness. So like, for example, the the example that I usually use is that like a 50 year old man in Japan and a six year old girl in Italy probably don't want the same diet. Right. Right. Okay, so there maybe they're going to have different foods that feel like home, different things that they crave, different palates. So it's it's equally crazy to say everybody should eat the same diet because it's not that's not true. Um, we probably all could use a little bit more water. Sleep is always a good idea. Processed foods aren't great. Like everybody can pretty much agree that sugar is not great for you. Mm-hmm. Um, except if you're subsidizing the crops, but like, (laughs) you know, (laughs) but otherwise, you know, we can usually agree. Everything else is up for hot debate. You Google eggs and you'll find articles that say they're bad for you. Articles that say they're good for you. You'll find everything. Mm -hmm. And I think in all of the noise, just like with working out, right. You, you'll find arguments for and against everything. And, um, in terms of what I like to do is just sort of, I usually ask someone, you know, we just start with what are your goals and why? And then how do you want to feel? And then I sort of build out from there. So if you want to feel strong and accomplished and um, and not you don't want to be injured, great, we can do that. But I think some of that is I can't want this more than you do. Mm-hmm. You need to want your success for you more than I want your success for you. So it could mean as much as like, okay, maybe we cut a day of running and we add in the ancillary work that needs to be done because there's no other time for it. Or we turn it into all supersets so you can get everything done. Um, or if you really love to swim, maybe, you know, you get into the pool a couple times a week. Um, whatever that thing is for that person, I like to try to work with that. Yeah, yeah. And, and hopefully the the people you're working with are, are open to it. Because I know that's sometimes sometimes something that uh, I, I struggle with a little bit as a coach as well, where it's like, you know, you, you can, you can recommend stuff so often, but sometimes, you know, it, it takes two to tango. And if the other person doesn't want to want to do it or, or doesn't think it's as important, it's, it's kind of, you're fighting a losing battle to get them to see that whatever, whatever it might be, might help them to run, even though they, they still want the, they want this goal, but you know, it's, it's just, it's just interesting sometimes how, uh, difficult it can be to, to maybe help people past their own, I don't know exactly what I'm trying to say. Just like they've got their, their, this is what I'm going to do. And even though they're working with a coach, it can be hard to get them to color outside the lines once in a while and see that maybe there's, there's another way to get to the the end goal that might be a little bit uh, more efficient or help prevent the injuries or whatever the case might be. Sure. And you know what, I'll tell you what, from my, I'll tell you my own story, like just having coached myself for some years, um, I found a bunch of my old training plans. We should probably talk about this because this is great. <laughs> Um, okay. So here's what I used to do. I used to, if I did not do the workout, I just put a square around the day. And then if I modified it, I'd put a line through it and write the new workout on top of it by hand on my Mm -hmm. piece of paper. Most of the days had boxes. All the hard workouts had a square around it and the rest of it just had a line through it. And I would just write the new workout on top of it, modified piece, something like that. 
what was I running? I don't know, 25 miles a week at best, maybe. Um, skipping all the strength training, skipping all ancillary work. And I think my question to myself was always like, but I'm doing all the things. <laughs> and like, I kind of look back and like, mm, kind of no, not really. Um, but at the time, I think that this spoke really to my own personal narrative and, you know, great self-sabotage plan, which was, um, you know, I can't do this because I'm fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. I started too late. I'm too overweight for this. I'm too old for this. I'm too whatever. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because then you're like, well, why would I even bother doing that if blah, blah, blah. So really it was, it was a loop for me and it was really hard to get out of. So having to like rewrite some of that narrative for myself saying, well, it doesn't matter when you started. Somebody else's definition of success doesn't need to be your definition of success. Um, and you can work hard anyway. And, uh, and so that was really where I came from. So I like, if people are in that similar boat, I like to work with those people because mm -hmm. I really understand that. Yeah. And, and look at you going back and doing the research, looking at the, looking at the data. And then, uh, like, like you said, you know, kind of drawn, drawn the conclusion, the way that it, it needs to tell the story to help you to make the changes that you want to make. So there you go. Blending, blending the, uh, the research life with the, the running coaching life for your, for yourself, as well as, as with the athletes you work with. Yeah, you got it. That's fantastic. So, um, Nicole, when, I, when I'm talking to uh, fellow running coaches, one of the, the questions that uh, I usually like to ask kind of depends on how things go, but um, I, I definitely think that uh, it's going to be a fun one here today is to kind of ask, um, you know, what would be kind of like your your one of your biggest go-to tips, um, you know, understanding that no two runners are the same and everybody has different, different needs and different things that, uh, they're weak at and different areas of strength and things like that. But just, you know, painting with the broadest brush imaginable, what is, is as a coach and, and, you know, whether it's working with your, you know, coaching yourself, working with the, the athletes that you work with, what is, what is a good tip or two, uh, that, you know, just again, broad brush surface level type of stuff. But what are, what are one or two things that, um, you know, you'd really say like, these are the things that most runners would benefit from doing, or this is the one thing that most runners would benefit from doing if maybe if they're not already or, or whatever, whatever that one tip might be. I would say making sure that you're eating enough mm. and getting sleep because you can't repair without rest. You really can't. I have athletes who say things like, oh, I had someone the other day just said, oh, I can run seven days a week if you need me to. I don't need you to run seven <laughs> days a week. Right. I really don't need that. I would actually love it if you just rested. Um, and then proper fueling. So I think under fueling is common. Like if I'm lighter, I'll run faster. And I that's definitely, there's some evidence that supports this. But I think fueling yourself with something that, is right for you mm -hmm. and is enough. So not under eating, like grossly under eating to support your level of activity. I think those are the most important things. That's I, I uh, would have a hard time arguing with either of those. I think those are, are, are great, uh, great things. And, and definitely the types of, of um, tips that, that, maybe fly under the radar as far as they're not maybe always the, uh, the top 10 lists on, on social media or in runner's world or something like that. Um, but definitely, very uh, important things to certainly keep in mind, no matter what goals you have, how long you've been running, whatever. Uh, very, very good suggestions. So thank you for sharing those. My pleasure. So as we're uh, getting kind of, of close to, to wrapping up here, Nicole, the way I, I like to uh, end 
most of these conversations is with something that I call a, a philosophical question, which is uh, kind of a fancy way of, of basically just asking a very open-ended question, almost like the introductory question that you can just kind of take it and run with it and go whichever direction uh, y- you want. And it can be a long answer, short answer, medium-sized answer, whatever whatever works for you. And, and uh, usually these tend to be a, a great place to, to kind of put a bow on things. But um, I would just be, be curious, you know, in, in your years of running, um, you know, from, from those the early days of just running a mile down the beach and, and walking back to, to where you are today, where, I mean, running is something obviously you do for 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 yourself, but also it's it's part of your your livelihood, something that that you're passionate about and helping others experience as well. Um, what is maybe one or two lessons, or one lesson or multiple lessons that running has taught you that you know, no way of knowing for sure, but perhaps if you had never started running uh, twenty plus years ago, you would have never learned X Y Z about yourself or about others or about about whatever. Uh, because I kind of feel like running is a really great teacher, at least for me, I've, I feel like I've learned a lot of things through running that have, have that have helped me in other areas of my life. And uh, just be curious if in your years in the sport, you've had any uh, big lessons that uh, kind of stand out in your mind as well. Oh, so many. Um, I like this question a lot. Um, so I think that I always said the, that running is the place where I lose and find myself sort of like this lost and found. Um, in that, I can really forget everything else, but I've also, I'm more me when I run. Um, And I didn't know what that was going to be exactly. And that's really evolved over the years so much. Um, But I think that running for me really does make me look at things directly, like my own strengths, my own weaknesses. Um, It exploits everything for me where I'm like, oh, (laughs) there's like things that it shines a spotlight on. Um, and it makes me work really, really hard. And if you want it bad enough, you can have it. I think that's what it's taught me. Mm, I, I, I love it. And as per usual, I'm going to try to not muddy the waters with that and just let that set up set for people and have that be the last, the last bit of today's conversation. Cause, uh, I couldn't have put it better myself. So once again, guys, heart and soul running.com that's S O L E heart and soul running.com is the website heart, the letter N soul running on Instagram. If you want to connect with Nicole and, and, uh, you know, contact her, ask her questions, work with her as a coach, whatever the case might be. Those are probably the best two places to find her. And as per usual, I have everything linked up in the show notes. Dizruns.com slash 650 is the link that'll take you there. And we'll have everything linked up in there to connect with Nicole if you would like to do it. And I would definitely encourage you to do so. She's uh, uh, I just recently got connected with her on social media and it's it's been a pleasure kind of following along and seeing some of the things she's posting and, and whatnot and learning from her as well. So would encourage you to do the same. Uh, Nicole, thank you for, uh, for taking the time today. Certainly, have appreciated certainly appreciated getting to, to know you a little bit uh more than just on social media and, and chatting a little bit and uh, certainly looking forward to, to staying in touch and wishing you uh nothing but the best moving forward but thanks for the time today and uh we'll talk soon thank you so much all right guys thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show i hope you enjoyed the conversation between nicole and myself and as always i'd be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode what was something that we talked about today that resonates with you a little bit that stuck out during the chat that uh, maybe is still rattling around through your brain right now kind of processing it and still putting it together after after our official chat has ended and who knows maybe you'll continue to think about it uh, long after my long-winded outro uh, winds down. Uh, always love to hear those takeaways. And uh, as as you probably come to expect, I'm going to share mine first and uh, hope that you'll share yours with me as well. 
So for me, the, the takeaway from today's episode uh, is kind of a blend of, of a few different things that, uh, that Nicole was talking about. Um, and I think it's, it's a great reminder for all of us at, at various times, especially maybe this time of year. Um, you know, with, with this episode coming out the week of Thanksgiving here in the States, uh, you know, and then you're kind of getting into that, that, you know, last month before Christmas and the end of the new year and all the winter holidays and everything just starts to get crazy. It feels like at the end of a calendar year, uh, between holidays and just, you know, wrapping up the end of the year stuff. And one of the things that Nicole talked about was that when, when you have a big running goal, you're going to do the things that are necessary to get there. You know, when we were talking about the little things, we were talking about strength training and diet and, and all of those those types of, of things that I talk about fairly regularly. You probably get sick of me talking about how important they are, but they really are important. And if you're really serious about your, your goals, whether it's to run your, your first race of whatever distance, whether it's to, to achieve a certain time goal, whether it's just to stay healthy, whatever your running goals might be, if you're really serious about doing them, you're going to do what it takes. And so, you know, Nicole talked about not putting a big goal on your plate when life is super crazy. So like right now, life is probably getting crazy for a lot of folks because of holidays, because of end of the year, because of winter weather, whatever the case might be, things tend to get a little bit crazy this time of year. And and maybe it has nothing to do with time of year. Maybe you're listening to this, you know, some months from now and it's, it's you know, it's, there's a new, new baby on the way, or there's a new relationship or there's, there's all, you know, all a new promotion at work. There's, there's all of the different things that, uh, can happen in our lives and do happen in our lives that, that, that demand our time, that demand our attention. Um, and, and during those times, during those windows, maybe it's not the best time to re- be going, you know, all in, in the pursuit of your running goal. And I think that sometimes we, you know, we hear, and this is me kind of reading into the conversation that I had with Nicole, but we hear this idea of like, well, now is not the right time for me to go, you know, to, to really focus on, you know, qualifying for Boston or setting a new PR or running my first marathon or whatever the case might be. Now is not the time because we're busy. That doesn't mean that it's not the time to run at all. You know, that doesn't mean that it's time to just let our, our health go, let our, let our fitness go. What it means is that now is not the time to be all in because we've got, holidays, we've got family obligations, we've got school, we've got kids, we've got work, whatever it is, we've got these other things that right now are demanding a lot of our time and attention. So that's the time that we need to be focused on just kind of maintaining our fitness, getting our, our three or four runs in a week and making sure that we're you know getting on the yoga mat once a week and maybe doing a little cross training, a little strength training, uh, you know, doing, doing, I don't want to say the bare minimum, but doing not maybe quite as much as we would, not as much diligence, not as much focus on all of those areas on our, on our training, on our, on our other little things, part of, of our, of our fitness than we would if, if the rest of life was a bit calmer and we were able to go at that point all in on our goals. So, um, long winded way of saying it, leave it to me to be long winded, right? But long winded way of saying that, that there's a time and a place for big goals. And when life is crazy, that might not be the best time to put extra pressure on yourself, extra time demands on yourself to go after your big running goals. So uh, I thought that was a great, a great topic that we kind of touched on and talked about and Nicole mentioned, and uh, it really sticks out to me, not only because of the time of year, but just because I, I feel like I try to preach that, but I don't know that I've ever talked about that as in as succinct of terms and as clearly as Nicole did today. So it really stood out to me. And uh, that's, that's my takeaway. You know, when, when life is too busy, keep running, of course, keep running. 
but dial it back. Don't make it your time to be all in on some big running goal. Wait till wait till whatever the circumstances are calm down a little bit. The sea the seas calm, and that's when you start really focusing on that big running goal when the rest of life is more conducive to being able to really get after it. So that was my takeaway. What about you? What about you? What stood out to you from this episode? Let me know on the, on the social medias, on, on Instagram and on Twitter at Diz runs. You can, you can tag me. You can, uh, direct message me in either place. Always happy to get, uh, get those notifications from Instagram and Twitter. So at Diz runs on, on, on the socials there, uh, Diz runs at gmail.com via email. And of course you can head over to the show notes for today's episode, Diz runs.com slash six, five, zero. And uh, leave a comment, thoughts, takeaways there. And you can you can always connect with me on Facebook too. You can leave a every once in a while we get somebody leaving a post in the Facebook group about about an episode that that registered and a takeaway that they have. Um, you can also just tag me on your Facebook wall. You, just search for my name, Danny Cray, or you can search disruns.com. HQ is the is the business page. You can tag that as well. But always love to get that that those those feedbacks, those takeaways, those you know find out what registers with you. Uh, because I you know I, I know that there's there's more than one thing that that. Uh, probably stood out to different folks from this episode and from every episode and always love to hear what it is that uh, really registers the most with you. So with that, we'll go ahead and, and put a bow on this one. Uh, don't forget big beach marathon.com uh, is the website. I'll be there. Gulf shores, Alabama in uh, January of 2019 towards the end of the month. If you would be interested in joining me, we'd love to see you there. I'd love to see you there. I'm going to have uh, the, the race director from the race on the show uh, sometime soon. Uh, we, we've got things finally lined up on the calendar I uh, just have to, to get it get around to uh, you know having the chat and uh, getting it published, but uh, probably in the next couple of weeks we'll have that episode on the show and uh, let you hear a bit more about the race. And uh, like I said, hopefully you'll consider coming and joining me there this year. Um, I believe the race date is January 27th, although I don't have it in front of me, but it's the end of the month. BigBeachMarathon.com is the website. And if you're going to be there, let me know. And uh, like I said, we'll get something set up. We'll we'll, we'll figure out something. Uh, break bread, open a bottle of wine. Uh, maybe do both, get a couple miles, whatever it is, uh, we'll make it happen. So let me know if you're going to be there, big beach, big beach marathon.com. And, uh, now we'll go ahead and, and officially pull this ship into Harbor. Thank you guys for listening. As always, hope you enjoyed this one. Uh, if you did tell a friend, if you didn't, maybe still tell a friend, help spread the word and, uh, we'll get to, we'll get this show continuing to grow and more opportunities coming your way. Uh, but until next time, please be well, take good care. Thanks so much for all you do to support me, support the show support the things i've got going on and i hope that i can give back uh, a fraction to you as well uh, i think I'm, i think maybe i am but uh, we'll see i always trying to do more uh, so i appreciate all you do uh, until next time take care guys